Hey CEO, I have an important question for you today. Are you running your business or is your business running you? If it's time to get your business in order so you can fully step into your role as a confident, in-control CEO, then I want to invite you to this advanced training series that I'm hosting live on May 20th through May 24th. We're calling it the 90 Day CEO Sustainable Success Series. And over these four days, we're gonna break down our research-backed, client-proven process to help you sustainably scale your business without hustling, without overworking, and without burnout. If you've been winging it in your business, hoping that you'll eventually get caught up and telling everyone in your life that when things calm down, you'll be a real functioning human again, this series is especially for you so that you can reclaim your life as you scale up your business. All you have to do is head over to theceocollective.com slash success and sign up. We can't wait to see you there. Pricing is one of those topics that can make entrepreneurs so incredibly uncomfortable. It brings up all of our money stuff, all of our money mindset challenges, and it can often feel like it's easier to just play it safe and to pick a price that doesn't seem like too much, doesn't make us appear greedy, as opposed to actually doing the deep work we need to do to determine what is the right price for us and for our business, the price that honors the value we bring to the table and actually helps us to achieve our ultimate business goals and personal financial goals. Well, if pricing has ever been a sticking point for you, this conversation is a must listen. I am so excited to have my dear friend and peer, Jaquette Timmons, joining me on the podcast today to talk about the human side of money. Are you ready to grow from solopreneur to CEO? You're in the right place. I'm your host, Rachel Cook, and I've spent the last decade helping women entrepreneurs start and scale service-based businesses. If you're serious about building a sustainable business, it's time to put the strategy, systems, and support in place to make it happen. Join me each week for candid conversations about stepping into your role as CEO, the hard lessons learned along the way, and practical, profitable strategies to grow a sustainable business without the hustle and burnout. Hey there, CEOs. Welcome back to another series here on Promote Yourself to CEO. And this series really is building on all of the conversations we've been having over the last few months. If you have been listening to probably the last dozen episodes or so, we have been diving deep into how to burnout proof our business, how to life proof our business. We started earlier this summer talking about what is burnout? What are the symptoms? How can we avoid burnout? How can we manage burnout? How can we take better care of ourselves as high achieving, high performing, driven women entrepreneurs? And then we spent the following month talking about the three key strategies that we do inside of our CEO collective to help entrepreneurs to make sure that their business is actually designed to not only be successful, but to be sustainable, a business that allows you to do work you love and have a lifestyle to match. Well, I wanted to follow up those solo episodes and interviews with my clients 
with some incredible conversations from some other experts to dive into some of these topics with me to get their perspectives on how we can make sure that we are burnout proofing our business to give some additional context to the topics that we have been talking about. Today, I'm talking with Jaquette Timmons. I first met Jaquette at the Rebel Conference, a small boutique conference here in Richmond, Virginia. And she was speaking and she came up to me and she said, Hey, Rachel, I know you. And I was like, you do. (laughs) And apparently, we are in a lot of the same circles. And from there, we went out to dinner and got to know each other more. And I really love, love, love everything she has to share about pricing, which is one of the major topics she covers as a behavioral based financial coach. This is something that I think we often don't think about, you know, and this is something I had mentioned before for a lot of entrepreneurs, we hear the strategies, we hear the things that we should be doing, but actually doing them, it really pushes us outside of our comfort zone. It really pushes us to our growth edge. And our growth edge is uncomfortable. It is incredibly uncomfortable. And that's why change is so difficult. And when it comes to your growth edge and managing your money and thinking about the finances of your business, oh gosh, this brings up so much stuff for all of us. This is one of the most sticky topics for us to dive into. And for a lot of us, we have our own money stories, money blocks, mindset challenges around money that if we don't really dig into, especially as entrepreneurs, we're really just holding ourselves back. So I'm excited to have Jaquette join me for this conversation to talk more about the human side of money. Jaquette works as a financial behaviorist and is committed to getting you to see that you don't manage money. You manage your choices around money. In addition to being an author of Financial Intimacy, How to Create a Healthy Relationship with Your Money and Your Mate, a frequent blogger and podcast host, Jaquette is also the creator of The Comfort Circle, a dinner series and the Pricing Made Human pricing event for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Her work has been featured in public radio, Sirius XM, Good Morning America, CNN, NPR, and the Wall Street Journal. She holds an MBA in finance from Fordham University and an undergrad in marketing from the Fashion Institute of Technology. She lives in Brooklyn, New York, and can be seen running in Prospect Park for most days of the week. I will also add, she has the most infectious laugh ever. We had such an incredible conversation, so I will see you on the flip side of the interview to wrap it all up. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to a very special episode of Promote Yourself to CEO. We have been talking all things on how to life-proof or burnout-proof your business to make sure your business is as resilient as it needs to be for longevity. And today, I am so excited to dive into this amazing conversation with my friend and colleague, Jaquette Timmons. Jaquette, thank you so much for joining me today. Oh my goodness, Rachel. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Well, I first got to know you when you were a speaker at Rebel, a boutique conference for women that is hosted here in Richmond, Virginia. And we had so much fun getting to know each other 
during that conference, but your talk really blew my mind and was such a great approach to talking about this whole pricing conversation for entrepreneurs. But before we get into all things pricing, I just wanted to ask you, how did you get to the point where talking about pricing made human became such a big part of your message? It was really an evolution and it was not intentional. (laughs) As I think a lot of things, you know, like this happens. So, you know, I've been talking about the behavioral side of money for a really, really long time. But I started, let's see, Rebel was in what, 2019? Mm -hmm. I guess about 2017, 2018, I started doing even more work with entrepreneurs and small business owners and also having speaking engagements related to that. And one of the things that I began to notice was in in terms of my entire coaching process with them, the thing that was probably the most illuminating was the pricing piece. And the pricing piece from the standpoint of helping folks to recognize that just like in general with money, it wasn't just about the numbers and helping them to figure out why they were having a difficult time either charging a higher price or just coming up with the price in general, or just really like, you know, the, the, the ubiquitous question, what should I charge for this? They had such a hard time coming up with that. And I realized that, oh, I actually have a framework to help people answer this. <laughs> I should probably pull that out <laughs> and focus on that. And it became, you know, a signature talk, one of my signature talks. And then it became a, you know, one day retreat and then it became a masterclass. So it's been an evolution of recognizing that it was already embedded in the work that I was doing. And it would be helpful to just kind of pull it out and to focus on that for certain segments. I love that. And it's such an amazing framework because I, I've seen this challenge too, especially for entrepreneurs when they're first putting a new thing out there, a new product, program, or service. It feels like it's kind of a mystery. Like how do you figure out the right price? And often people just are like, well, how do I pick something when the ranges are so varied? Like from the lowest, you know, Walmart level price all the way up to like the highest end price point. And it can be really, really overwhelming for people to figure that out. But one thing I loved about your framework was how holistically it looked at all of the different areas that we should be thinking about our money. Could you just on a really high level talk about those core areas when we are thinking about pricing that we need to make sure we're looking at? Yeah, totally. And I just also want to pause and say that not only is this helpful for someone that's listening, that's just starting out, but it's also for that person that's been at it for a while and they're stuck, right? And they're trying to get to the next level. So in terms of, you know, very broadly, the four things that anybody can do with their money, it's earn it, save it, invest it, and spend it, right? And everyone can be like, oh yeah, duh. (laughs) But it's how we approach it that's really significant because many of us have been conditioned to, we take what money comes in and we make decisions about saving, investing, and spending. And we typically make those decisions after the bills have been paid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a culture, we've been doing it that way for many generations and it works and it works really well for some people. So I'm not entirely knocking it. 
However, I just think that there's a better alternative, which is you say to yourself, how do you want your money to work for you in terms of saving, investing, and spending? And then what it invites you to do is to then ask the question, well, what do I need to earn? And that means what do you need for your business to earn in terms of the business revenue? And then of that, what do you want to pay yourself? And how this all ties to connecting is that once you have this kind of shift in conversation, you have to then ask yourself, well, is my current business model, sales process, and pricing structure designed in such a way that it will help me to live the life and, and have the lifestyle and you know do the things that I want to do as opposed to bringing in money and me then deciding this is what I have available to do X with? And so to me, how this all connects to pricing is I like to tell people or remind people that pricing has four jobs. It needs to contribute to your profitability. It needs to contribute to your short and long-term sustainability. It needs to contribute to value. And in this context, I mean it from the standpoint of your messaging, your promise, your positioning, and and this is one of the biggest lessons I learned personally, it needs to contribute to the health of your personal finances. Mm -hmm. And the the aha moment for me in that regard came years ago, but it never left me when my CPA was like, you have got to stop mortgaging your life. And his point was, you know, we are so conditioned that we reinvest everything back into the business that we don't pause and say, wait a second, should I be doing that? (laughs) <laughs> is that really the right use of my money? <laughs> exactly. You know? So, you know, part of it is a part of why I am so committed to pricing made human is I really do want to change that narrative that says you give your business everything, including your future. And I want people to start putting their lives and the health of their personal finances first. I think this is so, so important to hear. And I hope everyone understands exactly what you are saying. And to me, this is really shifting from a kind of employee mindset, which most of us, when it comes to money, that's what we were told to do. Like this is the salary you make. So it's a set finite amount and you have to budget accordingly. Like all of your goals are hundred percent dependent on whatever salary you have. And if you're lucky, maybe you'll get like a 3% increase each year. Right. But as entrepreneurs and business owners, we have this completely different opportunity in front of us where we don't have to be limited by a salary at all. We can reverse engineer from a completely different place. And there is so much more freedom in that for us, especially I think as women, this is so important because I've heard some statistics that say, Women are more likely to be in poverty in our old age. Mm -hmm. We are more likely to find ourselves when we are at retirement age or older, either either divorced or uh, widowed and not have somebody who's there to Mm -hmm. financially take care of us. So I really feel like women, especially, we need to empower ourselves with these numbers and start saving more, start investing more, start like putting things in place to take care of us long-term because the old structures are not going to be there for us anymore. No. And I think in addition to the savings, you know, making some of those hard choices around the boundaries with regards to how much you will take care of your family. 
Yeah. Because I see so many instances and I understand it and I'm not knocking it at all. So whomever might be in this position, do not hear that. Um, but I hear, you know, so many examples of people, a combination of wanting to help their family out, but then also this expectation that since they've made it, they should help their family out. And, mm-hmm. you know, if you do all of that in the present moment, what you are then doing is limiting potentially your capacity to be able to do that in the future. So that today, no, will hopefully put you in a position to say yes in the future, but that, you know, yes, right now may not give you the opportunity to say yes in the future. Yeah. It's it's savings and it's also boundaries. Absolutely. And all of this is so fascinating from a pricing conversation because I've seen, you know, it's funny, my rates right now, I serve not that many more clients than I have. Like I usually have about the same number of people I'm serving, but my business has continued to be more profitable and generate more revenue over the years. And a lot of that has been tied to pricing. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that little incremental increases over time is what has allowed me to maintain my capacity. So my personal capacity as the leader runner of this business mm-hmm has allowed me to reinvest back into my business by hiring people to deliver more of our service, Mm -hmm. but has also allowed me to create that freedom in my lifestyle and have that financial security. And I think these are the types of things when it comes to pricing that when I'm talking to a lot of women entrepreneurs, sometimes it feels like they pick a price and they feel very trapped by that price. Like they start feeling stressed out. They can't change it or increase it. Or reevaluate, you know, do I have to repackage my offer or maybe come up with a brand new offer so that I can have the right, right price point? What are the types of mistakes that you see when it comes to pricing or reevaluating your pricing? I have a few, but before I even get there, can I just amplify what you've just said <laughs> by saying how much pricing is such an incredible lever? and tool for really setting you up to have a thriving business and a thriving life versus perhaps a thriving business and a struggling life or a struggling business and a struggling life. And so I just think, you know, the more we respect the power of pricing, the better off we will be. But in terms of uh, some common mistakes, one, I think copying other people's pricing mm-hmm. prices. Yes. Say that one again. (laughs) (laughs) Don't copy other people's pricing. (laughs) That is a mistake. Oh my God. I think it is important to know what other people are charging and and to use that perhaps as a reference, but to just copy it when you have no idea what influenced their approach, you have no idea, you know, what role that particular product or offer or what job I should say that particular product or or offer has in their business and therefore how that job or how that price is connected to the job that they've assigned to that. So that's one mistake, copying other people's prices, especially when you just are blind and you have no idea why they came up with it. The second mistake I think is really thinking that this is just a, a mathematical problem to be solved, right? You take all your expenses, you add it up, you, you know, add a little cushion for potential profit margin. And you're like, okay, woo, that's the price. 
But there's so much more to it. I mean, you as the entrepreneur and small business owner, you react to money emotionally and so does your client, your prospect, or your customer. And so your pricing should actually reflect that. And that's not a mathematical formula. <laughs> but if you take into account, you know, what it is that you, you need money to do for you on a personal level, on a business level, how does it connect to the degree of promise that you want to extend and the expectation that you want someone to have of what they can expect from you, that can help you come up with that number. So the second problem would be, if that wasn't clear, thinking that you can just entirely approach this, just focusing on the numbers and being mathematical about it and not factoring in the emotional piece when so much about money is emotional. And then the third piece, I think, is not remembering that you get to choose. You get to choose your price. You know, I, I, I oftentimes will use the example of Southwest Airlines. And the reason only because they made a choice, they made a choice that they wouldn't have, you know, any differentiating classes in their seats. Everything is equal, right? No first class, no main cabin business, et cetera. They also made the decision that they wouldn't have any food. All of that had an impact on what they decided would be the pricing that they would have on their plane, even mm-hmm. though everybody else in the industry was going in a different direction. And so I think the reminder of you get to choose, and if that means that you're choosing and the way that you are approaching your pricing is different than other people, yeah, that may mean that you're standing on an island by yourself, but that doesn't mean you're wrong. So sometimes the other mistake is thinking that because you've taken a different approach, that yours is wrong when you see everybody else going right and you've gone left. Absolutely. And the Southwest example is so good because there are a lot of people out there who are coaches or consultants or have service-based businesses who do charge Southwest prices. You know, there are no frills <laughs> to what they're delivering. It is straight to the point, but you're not going to pay that kind of price and then expect a high-end first-class experience, you yes. know? Mm-hmm. And that's really powerful to keep in mind that if you're trying to differentiate yourself, not by price being the lowest, but by really valuing an incredible experience or having something unique or different about your experience. Yes. That is where you can really price differently and, and appropriately price for what you have to offer because it is more valuable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I that's think why I said about the promise yeah. and the expectation, it, it is all tied together. And I think those are the differentiators we're going to continue to see in the market. I think when there's the market that we, a lot of us are in, those of us who are listening in this whole coaching online business, Mm -hmm. you know, stew here of different types of businesses, I think there's just been so many more people coming into this space that it's easy to think like the only way to stand out is going to be either be the lowest cost that you can be or to you know, have a very tiny niche and, and try to focus just on that, which is another strategy that can work. But I think I'm seeing right now that experience and having like that first class experience really is something that helps a lot of people stand out. And to be honest, a lot of people have commodified their business yeah, by taking out those high touch 
elements into the delivery of their products, programs, or services. Are you seeing that too? I am definitely, definitely. And, And it's really interesting. What I'm seeing is people recognizing that they went overboard Mm-hmm. <laughs> in that regard. And, and they're realizing that actually, if they want to work more with the type of client that they want to work with, that they actually have to have more of, you know, I'm saying this coming from a private banking background, they have to have more of a private banking feel. Yeah. Well, that exclusivity and that high touch approach to business is one that it stood the test of time. Because it's relationship driven. It's not transaction driven. Exactly. And I'm seeing a huge shift right now. Like we have come through this wave of, especially if you look at the online course space, where it went from there weren't very many people teaching online courses to now everybody and their mother has an online course. And what stands out? How do you make an impact? How do you make that? really last for your business. And it usually comes down to having an incredible customer experience that is more than here's the members page that you're logging into. Exactly. Exactly. Because if they wanted to figure it out on their own, they could probably do that. (laughs) Right. And so your course might be a part of them figuring out, figuring it out on their own. But I think some sort of access to you is what amplifies that and makes them want to raise their hand and say, yes, I want this over just, you know, let me do a self-paced on-demand thing entirely. Yeah. It's really hard to stand out in the marketplace when everything is a hundred percent automated on your own. And I'm seeing that shift even now, like I'm seeing that in my business quite a lot since we've gone in this more high touch direction with great results. Like people are tired of the all automated all the time. And I think that was the old promise when the market was new and not that many people had that. But I think long-term people want to know there's actually another human on the other side of the screen, you know, (laughs) that they're interacting with or that they're learning from. So I do think that that's going to be a major factor for a lot of entrepreneurs (laughs) is considering, yeah, the automation is great, but sometimes you have to do the things that can't scale in order to really take care of your clients and continue to command a higher price point. Yep, absolutely. It's so funny you would say that because my uh, weekly-ish email goes out on Sunday and Mm -hmm. yesterday it went out and someone wrote back. I don't know if you actually wanted us to respond because I said, you know, hey, hit reply and let me know. And the person was like, I don't know if you really wanted us to respond. And I, I chuckled because I was like, Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> why would she not think yeah. that? But, and I, yeah, it was a she. Um, I was like, why would she think that? And then I'm like, oh, well, because probably she's had the experience where maybe she did and no one responded back. And it was just one of those, it was one of those moments that made me go, hmm, this is fascinating. It was a data point to take note of. It is a huge data point to take note of. I've even noticed I've opened back up. I have sales conversations. Mm-hmm. which I didn't do for years because oh, really? an automated, well, I did when I first got started. Uh-huh. Right. And then I moved into automated online launches, challenges, things like that. And I didn't really have one-on-one opportunity for people to connect with me. But in the last year, I found that even opening my calendar for quick 15 minute check-in has been huge. And they're almost always surprised when it's me on the screen and not somebody from the team. 
Right. But I feel that connection so fast when they, Mm -hmm. you know, we actually get that chance to connect on that human to human level. Mm -hmm. And granted, my sales conversations aren't salesy at all. They're just like, hey, what's your question for me? And yeah, here you go. Here's the answer. Would love to help you. That's about it. Right, right, right. Yeah. But it's bringing that humanness back to business instead of just, you know, everything being an automated chatbot type situation. So when we're thinking about all of these things and we're thinking about this in the context of pricing, one of the biggest challenges I see for a lot of people is when they start really looking at their business from this new perspective, they realize I am not making enough mm-hmm. and I need to make more. And there's really only a few options for them. It's they can sell to more clients, right? Just volume, get more people to buy at their current price point. But I often run into people who their calendar is maxed out. And they don't have any bandwidth for more clients. So now they've got to look at increasing their prices, but they get so hung up on this. It becomes such a mental barrier to increase your rates. Can you talk a little bit about like, how do we approach this mindset block of, I know I need to increase my rates, but I don't know if I can, I'm scared. What do you see on the other side of that conversation? So there are a couple of things. One is, you know, just for illustrative purposes, let's say they run the numbers and they realize, oh my God, I'm charging $100 and I really need to be charging $200. They think that they have to go from 100 to 200 immediately. And my suggestion is always to just ease into it. So maybe you go from 100 to 125 and then from 125 to 150 and then from 150 to 175 and then you get to 200 and you do that on a particular time period. So I think one of the mindset shifts is recognizing that you don't have to make the jump in one fell swoop. You can give yourself permission to do it incrementally. But I think that's even easier, quite frankly, than the other mindset shift, which is it might mean you need to swim in another market. Mm, Yes. And because of that, that means perhaps you need to get to know know a new group of people, a new audience. You need to introduce yourself differently or not differently, but you need to introduce yourself to people that may not know you. And I think that's the harder part than the actual actions of increasing your pricing incrementally. It's it's recognizing that maybe you have completely saturated your current market and you need to move elsewhere. And, you know, embracing the fact that, you know, there are what, 7 billion people. You can find more folks, but it requires you show up and you do something differently. And that can be really, really hard because it will tap into every single you know, insecurity that you likely have. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? So I think those are the two things that come to mind when I think about mindset shifts. Yeah. I think the incremental play is, it's an easy one to put in place and say, I'll take the next five clients at this rate, the next five clients at this rate, and you kind of tweak it up over time. And then you realize, oh, that's not really a big deal. So I can just go change the price on my website. And most likely people won't even notice. I feel like that's a really great starting point. But this thing you just talked about with shifting markets, this is huge. And I think one book I love is the book Blue Ocean Strategy. Have you ever read that one? I've never finished it, but I do have it on my shelf. Yeah, sure. Well, and the, <laughs> the 
concept is you're going out of the shark infested waters where it's a red ocean because mm-hmm. there's so much competition for that type of client at that specific price point for a similar type of product program or service. So that's where mm-hmm. we're in commodity land, right? right? Your offer is really a commodity. There's a lot of competition out there. A lot of people serving that type mm-hmm. of product program or service for that person at that price point. But if you get into a blue ocean, it's where there's not as much competition and it's usually one of those things is the differentiator. So either you're offering something unique about your product program or service, whether it's the delivery of it, the experience of it, some facet of it, it's more high touch, your pricing is higher and the client mindset is very different. I find that the competition, when there's a ton of competition in your market, usually those people, the only differentiator they have is price. Right. They don't actually have another differentiator in place Mm -hmm. and their clients are more price sensitive. Right. But if we get into the blue ocean where there's not as much competition, this is where their clients actually value something other than saving a couple dollars. You know, they value having someone they really, really trust, or they Mm -hmm. value an incredible experience or they value the extra support or whatever the differentiator Uh is. And for them, they're not price sensitive. Like I've seen this where these types of clients, they just want the thing done or they Mm -hmm. just want the right person and they're willing to pay whatever the price is. They're not worrying about the difference between a few hundred, a few thousand dollars because to them, the value is more important. Exactly. Exactly. And it's a big mindset shift to go there, especially if you've been around kind of the people who are focused on the cheapest versus something different. I think the other thing that you're highlighting is, or at least what I'm hearing, is that when you are applying the blue ocean strategy, remember, it's not tied to your title or your function. It's tied to who, who's your who. That's your differentiating factor. Absolutely. And understanding your dream client that deeply is a whole nother, a whole nother conversation. But it's amazing when you shift out of this mindset of, well, people will only hire me if my price is low enough or if this is their budget to people will hire me because they want this experience Mm -hmm. because this is more than worth it to them. Exactly because they know that we're the right fit to work together. That's such a game changer. Yeah. And I think the other game changer, the other flip side of that is if someone pushes back on your price, refer them on to somebody else. Like say, okay, that's great. (laughs) X, Y, maybe go to X, Y, Z person. Like I think getting to the point where you don't, you don't let someone's reaction to your price cause you to question your pricing and the value that you're bringing to the table. Cause I think that can happen often too. And that maybe I'm looking at this more from a lot of what I see on the institutional side of the market, but you know, if someone pushes back, someone can feel a little self-conscious and they're like, Oh my God, I, I, I quoted this too high. No, you didn't. They, for whatever reason, <laughs> it didn't work for them, but that doesn't mean you need to go low, go someplace else. Well, and they could have their own. Yeah. We make up these stories about what it means when someone says that's too high or or whatever. But I've had the experience of, I remember a few years ago when I was enrolling my accelerator group and I had interviews with potential 
you know, clients to join that group. And I had some people who were like, oh, this is such a stretch. It's such a big investment for me. I've never made this big of an investment on one end of the spectrum. And on the other end, I had people who were like, I can't believe what a great value this is. It's much more, uh, much less expensive than some other programs I'd done. And so it's, you know, it, it, I really had to take myself out of that equation and just say, well, the price is the price. <laughs> right. Exactly. Because it's, it's all relative too, it's right? It's all relative. Right. Because the person who said, oh, this is a great value, what they're really saying is I paid more and I didn't get what I wanted from what I paid more. <laughs> so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's, it's so interesting to think about this. And I think these are the conversations that people might not always have just because we tend to not talk pricing very much. We tend to not talk the money side of our business very much. Mm -hmm. These are things that I just see after so many years of working with women entrepreneurs. And it's funny, once you are in it long enough and you go through these things, whether it's taking your prices up incrementally or looking for a slightly new market, adjusting the way that you're delivering or talking about your offer you start to detach a little bit. It doesn't become so personal anymore. If somebody says no or says that's too expensive or whatever it is, you stop taking it so personally. That's so true. That's so, so true. Hang in there, y'all. It gets exactly. easier. And I think the other thing that helps to hang in there is if you have a strong pipeline or you know you are in the process of cultivating a strong pipeline. That helps you to not take it also so personally. Absolutely. And I think these are the things that this is not sexy to talk about, but you don't necessarily need to have a automated sales funnel in order to have a strong pipeline of potential clients who, if you have the skill set, you can just go out there, cultivate those relationships and bring them on pretty easily without mm-hmm. a whole lot of complicated, techie, 28-step <laughs> system in place. <laughs> So true. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I love this conversation so much, Jaquette. And I know that you have an incredible workshop that you teach pretty regularly on pricing made human. Can you tell everyone a little more about where they can come to hear more about pricing and finances and money talk with you? Yeah. Thank you for the invitation to do so. I host the pricing made human masterclass every quarter. And it's always the last month of the quarter. And uh, yeah, we we walk through the particular approach that I take to tackling pricing, which is looking at it both from a financial and emotional and personal standpoint. And to do that, we look at people's relationship with money, with mm-hmm. themselves, with their business, and with the people that we serve. So we we go deep and we start real quickly going deep <laughs> to help people come up with, you know, well, all right, well, what should this number be? And what should this number be that's a reflection of what your personal goals are, your business goals are, and the promise and the expectation that not only are you setting up in terms of what you want your business to be known for, but also the job of every single offer that you have in your business. I love that. So everyone, make sure you go check out everything that Jaquette sends out. Her Sunday emails are fantastic and so incredibly insightful. And if you see that she has a pricing made human class coming up, 
She taught this inside of the CEO collective, and it was just such a game changer for so many of our clients to go through this very holistic approach to their business. I have no doubt that you will get a ton of value out of it. Thank you, Jaquette, so much. Thank you, Rachel. I appreciate it. I hope you loved this conversation as much as I did. Jaquette is one of my favorite people to talk to, and I'm so honored that we have her as one of our guest experts inside of the CEO Collective. When she brought this conversation to the CEO Collective, when we went through her process for how to actually price your genius, it was such an eye-opener for so many of my clients. They realized that they hadn't actually been sitting down to think about what do they actually need to make in order to be living that dream lifestyle. And none of us were sitting down writing things like, I want to have a Lamborghini and I want to be jet setting around the world. These were very, I think, simple desires for a lot of us. We wanted to not only pay our mortgage, but have enough money to set aside for retirement and paying for kids college and maybe helping out our elderly parents. We wanted to be able to go on vacation. I mean, a very achievable level of desires for a lot of us, nothing too out there. But it brought so much clarity to the CEOs inside of the CEO collective to go through this process and realize that there was a mismatch between the life that they truly wanted, the business that it would take in order to support that life, and what they had currently been pricing their offers at. And if we have that mismatch, it just is always going to be a struggle. So I'm so glad that we have her as one of our amazing guest experts. If you join us, you will definitely be able to check out her masterclass with us and the follow-up conversation where she checked in six months later with our CEOs to hear how their price increases have changed their business. And I can tell you, it's been incredible to see what a difference appropriately pricing your products, programs, and services can make in your business. But I absolutely love having her as part of our amazing team. When we had this conversation, I think we covered a lot of ground, but if there's one thing that you can take away, I want you to remember that this is one of the biggest levers that you can pull in your business to have a thriving business and a thriving life. If you really take the time to crunch the numbers and to think backwards, as Jaquette is talking about, to think about where you want to be in the future and then work backwards from that to come up with the right pricing for your business, it becomes so much easier. And instead of feeling like you're always chasing that elusive dream life that you're hoping for, you have more control over the direction that you're going. I love this conversation. I can't wait for you to hear the additional conversations we have coming up in the podcast. And if you love this conversation as much as I did, I want you to connect with me and connect with Jaquette. Please go to Instagram, take a quick uh, screenshot of the podcast player and tag me, tag Jaquette. I will have both of our Instagram handles in the show notes and let us know what were your biggest ahas or insights in this conversation. Looking forward to the next interview coming up with Nikki Nash talking all about marketing her genius. And I will be back in a week with that amazing conversation.